guys, it's time to dive in. We are talking about the outsiders this week, and I, for one, am excited to gather together and just celebrate what God is doing, not only here at Crossroads and in our church family, but everywhere, because God is moving. God, God is on the move. And what's exciting about this movement of God is that he invites each and every one of us to be a part of this movement, all right? So look at the person next to you, wherever you're joining us this morning, look to the person next to you and say, you're invited to this movement. Go ahead and do it. Just right now, you're invited to this movement. You are invited to this movement. And some of you don't quite believe that yet, but it is absolutely true. Can we just start by giving God the praise and glory for who he is, all that he has done, and the fact that he invites us to be a part of his story. All throughout history, what we see is that he uses outsiders just like you, just like me, who are just willing to step out and take a faith and make a gigantic difference in their generation. And the outsider that we're talking about today is one of my favorites. It's a guy named Gideon that we find in the Old Testament in the book of Judges. And we've kind of made a progression. Now, we were talking about Joshua uh, last week. We were talking about Rahab and how God can use anybody. And we've gone through this pro progression where you see, you know, the Israelites are led out of Egypt, out of slavery. They wander the wilderness for 40 years. Finally, they are able to enter the promised land that God gives them. Joshua leads them there. Rahab is part of that story. And then what happens is the people of Israel begin to just flounder. I mean, if you remember this, we've talked about this before, at the end of Joshua's reign, he had this huge moment where he called them to, to worship God. They had to make a choice. He says, choose this day who you're going to serve, whether it's the God of the Amorites or in the land of the people around us, or if you're going to choose the one true God who has saved us and who has led us to this place. And he says, you guys can choose whoever you're going to serve, but as for me and my family, we are going to serve the Lord. And that's when the people of Israel, like together as one voice, said, no, far be it from us to serve these other gods. No, Joshua, we too will serve the Lord. And Joshua leaves the people of Israel in this amazing place. He's led them into the promised land. He has unified them around this, this certain promise, this commitment that they are going to serve the Lord. But what happens? The Israelites, over time, they take their eyes off of God. They begin to do things their own way. And every single time that we do that, the Israelites are no different than us, you guys. Every single time we try to do things our way, we take our eyes off of Jesus and we think that our way is better than God's way, it never leads us anywhere good. And so that's the cycle that you see the Israelites begin to go through in the book of Judges. They will be following God for a generation and then they will turn away from him and then they will find themselves in some sort of calamity. And... I want to encourage you today that even though sometimes you might find yourself in that kind of a cycle, you're on the mountaintop, then you're in the valley, mountaintop in the valley, sometimes we, we can discredit ourselves or, or devalue ourselves. We can start filling ourselves with this, this lie that God can't use us anymore. God doesn't want us to be used by him anymore. But the truth is today that you are being called to be a part of God's story. 
God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. And he's calling you just to say yes to him every single day. And he's calling you and me. He's calling the outsiders to take a step of faith and be the leaders, the light that shines in the darkness for this generation. And so when you think about just kind of the ups and downs of life, you feel like an outsider sometimes. I think you come to this question that I think we have to grapple with, which is this. How can I lead others toward Jesus? Can we just stop and think about that for a second? How can God use me? to lead others toward Jesus. Like, that's not just, you know, the pastor's job, right? That's not just my job, right? My job is actually to equip you guys to be able to do that as well, so we're all doing this together. How about that for a great idea? All of us going out and leading people toward Jesus instead of just one of us. Can anybody get behind that this morning? That's exciting to me, to think about all of us leading others toward Jesus. And I want to consider that for a second, that God is calling each and every one of us to lead others toward Jesus. And that can be overwhelming. A lot of times we can feel unqualified or overlooked or just there's no way that I have anything to contribute to that kind of part of life. But the reality is God is calling you, God is calling me to step out in faith and to lead others toward him. And I wanna to talk today about the confident leader, that person who has confidence that God is calling them to be a part of his story and that by stepping out in a, in a big leap of faith, we can experience the presence of God moving in us and through us, and we can be part of his story. But that starts by being confident, not only in who you are, but who God has called you to be and what he has called you to do. Because here's the truth. When God calls you to do something, you are not by yourself. He is with you. And I, for one, am thankful for that. Because honestly, if I had to do this job by myself, it would be abysmal, all right? It would not work. I need Jesus guiding my steps, leading the way, giving me wisdom. If we're going to lead people toward Jesus and invite thousands of people to, to connect with Jesus and to a changed life, we need Jesus leading us. We can't do that on our own. But the thing about being confident in leading others toward Jesus is you're not having to be confident in your own abilities and your own you know, status or your own confidence. What you are confident in is the fact that God is with you. If he's called you to something, he's going to help you get through it. He's not just going to leave you out to dry. He is with you. And I want you today to know that you can be confident that God is with you. You don't have to just be confident in yourself, in your own abilities, and your own strength. I want you to know today that God is with you. And if he's calling you to take a step of faith, if he's calling you to be that outsider that takes a risk, that steps outside of your comfort zone and makes a difference right here, right now in this generation, know this, you're not doing that on your own. God is with you. Now, a lot of times we're on the other side of that spectrum. We have too much confidence in ourselves. You ever been in that spot where you had a little bit too much confidence and it came back to bite you? You, you stepped a little bit too far out of your lane and you realize, uh-oh, I should not have done that. I did that just recently trying to teach my boys some principles that I thought I was more than capable of teaching them when it came to the game of basketball, all right? Listen, it's possible that, you know, half my lifetime ago, I was a pretty decent basketball player. But the reality is, I haven't played full court basketball since before COVID hit. And so when I had the chance, you know, last month to do a full court kind of drill with my boys who are now 14 and 12, I thought, I'm going to teach them a thing or two. And here's the thing that I forgot. I forgot that I'm 44 now. <laughs> and so here's the thing. Uh, they cleaned my clock. I had no chance. I had no chance. And to add insult to injury, the next day I could not walk. I couldn't even get out of bed. It was terrible. Um, 
I realized that the inner monologue, that like the voice that's going on while you're playing when you get to be 44 is not like, what play am I going to do? What move am I going to make? You've kind of seen enough situations, you just kind of know what you're going to do. Uh, that's the beauty of being older. You have wisdom. But the problem is, the question starts to creep in your mind, can my body handle this? Will my knee bend in, the, in a way it's not supposed to if I do that? Will my ankle break? Will I be able to walk tomorrow if I do this move? Those are the, the thoughts that start creeping in your head when you're 44, in case you're wondering. You know, all the millennials and Zs out there, that's what's coming. Just get ready for that. It's going to be great. Uh, I promise you, you're going to make it. You're going to survive. But enjoy now being able to do whatever you want to and being able to walk the next day. It's fantastic. Don't take that for granted. So here's the thing. When it comes to being a confident leader, this is not about being confident in yourself, all right? This is about recognizing God is calling me to be a part of his story. God has given me a mission. I am here to connect people to him. My life exists to bring God glory. He's given us all a great commission to go and make disciples. Go invite as many people as you can to a changed life. Let your life be a light that shines in the darkness and draws people toward him. That's the mission that God has given you. That's the mission that God has given me. And so when we're called to step out in confidence, we're not confident in our own abilities or how amazing we are. No, it's just the opposite. We are confident in how amazing God is. We are confident that he's going to give us the strength, that he's going to give us the wisdom to do what it takes to fulfill this calling that he's placed in our lives. And I want you to lean into that because God has placed you in a circle of influence. He's, he's built relationships into your life that you can use to influence people toward Jesus. You can change people's eternal significance, their, their eternal destiny. You have the ability to do that. You have the ability to be a part of God's story, but it takes you out of your comfort zone, all right? And what I want to challenge you today is with this question, when did obedience drag you outside of your comfort zone? And maybe it's time to just identify God's been speaking to you. Maybe it's time just to recognize that. He's asking you to take a step, a big step out of your comfort zone, and you've been hesitant because you've been confident in yourself instead of confident in God, and you don't think you can do it on yourself. I, I want you to think about this today. What area of your life is God calling you to take a step out of your comfort zone? And what would that look like if you were confident not just in your own abilities, but in the fact that God is with you? That confidence helps you overcome all your fear. It overcomes all your insecurities. That helps you step out in faith and make a difference in this generation. And I think now more than ever, God needs his people to step up with confidence and lead the way to point people toward him. I think that what we're doing now matters more than ever before. And so I just want you to think about that as we dive into the story of Gideon, because this is a story where God actually circles this premise and says, hey, I'm with you. No, you can't do this on your own. You need me. And by the way, if you need me, know this, I'm faithful. I'm going to show up. So let's think about that as we dive into Judges chapter 6 here. It says, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. 
I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. And that's the problem, right? That's not just a problem for the Israelites. That's a problem for us. We try to do things our own way. We recognize in our lives that God has been faithful, that God has been with us, that God has made promises for our lives, and that what happens? We go through the mountains and valleys of life, we we fall into the trap of, oh, I'll just take charge of this part of my life, just this small area, I'll do this my own way, and it never leads anywhere good. In fact, it leads to trouble. It always takes you farther than you ever wanted to go. And that's where the Israelites have found themselves. Now the Midianites have come in, they're oppressing them. It's a terrible situation. They are quite literally starving to death because of the oppression of the Midianites. There's nothing that they can do on their own. They're recognizing we need God's help. And finally they turn to him and they're begging for his help and for his presence. And so here's what happens. It says, then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. This is one of my favorite exchanges in the Bible between God and man. The angel of God appears to Gideon, who's hiding in a wine press. He's doing everything he can just to thresh a little bit of wheat to provide just enough food for his family to survive, and he's having to do that by hiding in a wine press, and it's just not a good look. All the Israelites are cowering in fear. They've been overwhelmed by the power of the Midianites, and, and this is the scene where the angel of God meets with Gideon, and, and how does he greet him? Hey, loser in the threshold, cowering in fear from the Midianites, how are you? No. That's not actually what he said. He said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, I love that. Where, where did that title come from, mighty hero? May it be said of each of us when God speaks to us, mighty hero. Wouldn't that be amazing? Boy, that would be awesome. That's the title you get when you get into heaven. We'll call him mighty hero, mighty hero Tim. I'll take that 100%. Let's go. If that's the eternal title, let's go. I'll take that. But Gideon, in this moment, (laughs) the farthest thing from his mind is the idea that in any way he is a mighty hero. In fact, this isn't even a title that Gideon has come close to earning. But that's how God sees him. God sees the plan that he has for Gideon, and he addresses him with that title, mighty hero. Knowing Gideon hasn't done a single thing yet to lead anyone or be any type of hero, and yet God knows the plan that that he has for Gideon, and he knows that all Gideon has to do is step up and put his confidence in God, and and God is going to do extraordinary things that make him a mighty hero. I love that. I mean, it speaks to the grace of God that goes before us. He sees us for, for who he created us to be the eternal optimists, right? That we will turn toward him and and step out in faith and become the people that he created us to be. He knows the plans that he has for us. You guys plan to prosper us, not to harm us. Plan to give us hope and a future. And we've gotta be confident to step into that role. And so while Gideon had earned himself the label of a zero, which is absolute fact, God had given Gideon the label of a hero. I want you to think about that and the significance of that because that is how God sees you. He sees you as he created you to be. 
You are his child. You have been made in his image, and he is with us. What an amazing thing that, that God became man. What we celebrate at Christmas is Emmanuel, the name for God that means God is with us. That's who Jesus is, God in the flesh. He is with us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He walks through these valleys with us. And I want you today to, to be confident in the fact that no matter what God is calling you to, whatever that step of faith that he's asking you to take that steps way out of your comfort zone, I want you to know today that, that God is with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's just not calling you to take a step of faith so that you can fail. No, no, he's with you. And when you walk in obedience, when you're willing to step out of that comfort zone, you guys, that's when God shows up. That's when the extraordinary begins to happen. Gideon hasn't done anything yet to earn this title of hero. But here's what happens. It says in verse 13, now Gideon is just as surprised as anybody else. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. I mean, I think at some level, all of us can admit we've felt that, that way at some point in our lives. When things aren't going our way, we ask that same question. Like, God, what are you talking about? If, if you've got a plan right now, if you're wanting to show up, where have you been? I've heard about all these miracles, all these amazing things that you've done, but I don't see you moving now. Have, have you forgotten about us? Have you abandoned us? I mean, these are questions that I think everyone has grappled with at some point. And what we learn here is that, that God is with us. Even when I feel alone, God is with me. Gideon, hiding in this wine press, just trying to thresh enough meat to, enough wheat to, to make enough food for his family to survive, cowering in fear from the Midianites, labeled himself a big zero. That's not how God sees him. He's already called him a mighty hero. And yet in Gideon's mind, they're, they're all alone. God has left them behind. God has abandoned them. And God's showing up saying, no, no, that's not true. I'm right here. I'm with you. And this is your time. This is your time to make a move and, and to lead my people where I want them to go. This is a powerful moment in the life of Gideon. It says, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. And that's a powerful statement. Two things there that stick out to me. God just tells him, Gideon, you're a mighty hero. Go with the strength that you have. Go with the gifts and the abilities that I have given you. And remember this, Gideon, you might feel like a zero, but I am with you. I am not going to let you fail. I am with you. I haven't forsaken you. You are not alone. Gideon, I am with you. That's the thing about confidence. When I am a confident leader, answering the call that God has placed on my life, I'm not putting confidence in my own gifts and abilities. I'm going with the strength that I have, the gifts and abilities that God has given me, but my confidence is not in myself. My confidence is in the fact that God is with me. And listen to me. When God asks you to take a step of faith, when he asks you to step out of your comfort zone and, and do some things that you've never done before in your relationship with God, to lay some things down that have become barriers between you and your relationship with him, you guys, those are the moments where your relationship with God comes alive. Those are the moments that we were created for. I want you to experience those beautiful and sacred moments with God. Gideon at this point still hasn't experienced any of those moments. 
he's still a little bit terrified. He still sees himself as a zero. And yet God is saying, Gideon, I promise you, if you just go with the strength that you have, you can rescue Israel from the oppression of the Midianites. Even though you're hiding, you're cowering in fear right now, I am going to be with you. Just go with the strength that you have. That's the command. And so what we see here is this. Even when I feel overwhelmed, God is with me. I mean, getting at this point has to be saying, there is no way that this is going to work. Don't you know who I am? In fact, that is what he verbalizes here in an amazing fashion. Honestly, if Gideon's a lawyer here, he makes a great case for himself of being a total zero. Listen to what he says. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. That's incredible. I mean, Gideon is laying it all out. He's got, he's got good points, right? He's like, listen, I've researched this. I'm a total loser, all right? There's nothing here for me. <laughs> I cannot do this. Everyone out here is cooler than me. Everyone is more qualified than me. I can't do this. And God just reaffirms that with him. He says, hey, I will be with you. That's the beauty of being a confident leader. It's not confidence in my own abilities, not confidence in my own strengths. It's confidence that God, the creator of the universe, God who gave everything to have a relationship with me, the God who loves me with an extravagant love is with me everywhere I go that if he's calling me to step out of my comfort zone, take a risk, to be obedient, to lay some things down, to trust him, that he's gonna show up every single time. You guys, we gotta be confident in who he is, who he's called us to be, and the influence that he wants us to have, because at the end of the day, even when I feel useless, God is with me. I mean, this speaks to all the, the failures that we've encountered in life, this speaks to all the times that we've been rejected, this speaks to the moments where we just feel weak. I, I'm not strong enough, God, to do this on my own. I, I contend with you this morning that these are the moments that God shows up. These are the moments where God not only shows up, but he shows off because he does what only he can do. And in the story of Gideon, what's amazing is that Gideon continued to be fearful. He's the guy who then took the fleece out. He said, God, I need a sign. Like, if this is real, I'm going to put this, you know, fleece out in the middle of the night. And if you want me to do this, then in the morning, I want all the grass around it to be wet, but the fleece is going to be dry. That's the miracle I'm asking for. He didn't have a big imagination. That's what he went for. If he was asking God for anything, I, I would go a little bit crazier than that. But that's what he went with. And sure enough, he wakes up the next morning, all the grass is wet, the fleece is dry, but that's not good enough. So what's he do? He says, God, just one more thing. If we could just do this one more time. When I wake up in the morning, could the fleece be wet and the grass be dry? Could we just switch this around just to see what happens? And sure enough, God does that. So Gideon, not the most creative, but God used him, right? Gideon goes then to lead his people He's got to take some stands that are really uncomfortable. He's got to stand up to his own family because remember, Israelites got themselves in this position because they had turned their back on God. And that was in his own family. Gideon then had to be confident enough that God had called him to do this, that he had to stand up to his family, to his father, and say, we will no longer worship the gods of the Amorites. In fact, he knocks down what they call the Asherah pole, and it becomes this big deal. Who knocked down the Asherah pole? And it, it comes to light that it was Gideon, and he's the one who's saying, guys, we cannot live this way any longer. 
That's a big step to take. That's way out of his comfort zone because remember, he's the zero. He's the weakest person in the weakest family in the weakest clan in the weakest tribe. There is nobody that should be following Gideon. And yet, he was the one who was confident in the call that God placed on his life. He's the one that started a revolution and made a huge difference. But God never let Gideon forget that he was the one who made this possible. I mean, this is also the story where Gideon gathers all of his men and his giant army to go take on the Midianites, and that's the story where God takes them to this brook and says, Gideon, I only want you to take the men who, when they go down to get a drink of water, they keep looking up. They just take the water out of the brook and and drink it like that. If they put their head in the water to drink, they go home. And after that test, which Gideon didn't ask for, by the way, he was left with 300 men to fight against the Midianites. And this is God just kind of accentuating this point. He's saying, hey, Gideon, I'm the one who is fighting this battle for you. Don't be confident in your own abilities. Don't be confident in your own strength. I am with you. I am fighting for you. And how amazing is that? God went out of his way to actually remind Gideon, you're putting your confidence in me. Not yourself. You're putting your confidence in me. And so the Israelites went on to have this great victory that that God gave them because they turned back to him. And what I want you to remember in all this is you are not a zero. Just like Gideon, you are also the label mighty hero. I, I just want you to consider this for a second. Do not forget who you are. I love what it says in 1 John 3, 1. It says this, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that is what we are. Never, ever forget that that is how God sees you. The love that a father, the love that a mother has for their child, that is the love that God has for you. You have been made in the image of God. When you think about who you are and what your identity is, you are his child. And I think a lot of times we walk, we're a little bit insecure, we're a little bit afraid of of what that looks like if we step out in faith, you know. Do I have really the confidence in God to show up? Because it's a little bit scary to step out and be that light that shines in the darkness and point people toward Jesus. And yet, you guys, we've got to commit to being loud about Jesus because he is what everyone is looking for. Never forget that Jesus is the answer to all of the questions that people have. Right now, in a culture that we are surrounded by people who are desperate for hope, Jesus is the answer that everyone is looking for. He's the answer to our origin. I've been made in the image of God. God created me. He's the answer to my identity. I am his child. I am dearly and deeply loved by him. My purpose, I exist to bring glory to God. Jesus is the answer that everyone is looking for. My eternal destiny, I believe that as God's child, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for me. I have hope for eternal life with him. Jesus is the answer to the the questions that everyone has. And in a culture that is increasingly becoming more and more hopeless, we've got to be confident in who God is and the call that he's placed on our life. And I want to challenge you today. Be confident in who God is. If he's calling you to step out of your comfort zone, remember you are a mighty hero. You're not a zero. You are a child of God. Walk boldly, walk with confidence into that life that God has called you to. And I challenge you today, get out of your comfort zone. Final question today, when did obedience drag you outside of your comfort zone? Are you willing to take that step today and just say yes to Jesus? I think when we talk about stepping out of our comfort zones, 
that first step out of our comfort zone begins by saying yes to Jesus for the very first time. And you know how cool is that? We had kids camp at a couple of our campuses this week. How cool is that we had so many kids say yes to Jesus? I, I love those moments. That's what it's all about. And here at Crossroads, we try to give people a chance to say yes to Jesus every single week. And honestly, right now, if you've joined us, I wanna give you that chance right now because when you say yes to Jesus, that changes everything. You no longer have to do this on your own. You're doing life with Jesus. And so if, if you're searching for that answer and you're realizing that that answer is Jesus, can I invite you to say this prayer with us today? Can we just all say this prayer out loud together? It just simply says this, Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And can we give him the praise and glory because of all that he's done for us? You guys, we are his children. You are a child of God. And here's the thing, if you've said that prayer for the first time today, listen, don't leave without coming up and talking to Keith. Keith, wave your hand. Look at Keith. Wave both those hands, Keith. Yeah, that's Keith. All right. Uh, go. <laughs> I don't know why I was so excited. Like, oh, Keith's waving both his hands. Make sure if you've said yes to Jesus that you come talk to Keith. We've got a Bible we want to give you. We want to we help you take the next steps in your relationship with him because we believe Jesus is the answer that you've been looking for. Listen to me, if you're outside, Stu's out there. Stu, you better be waving both your hands, Stu. I can't see you, but I hope that you can. Go talk to Stu. These are the most important conversations you can ever have because now you don't have to be confident in just yourself. You can be confident that God is with you, that you are his child, that he loves you with an extravagant love. And I wanna challenge each of you today. Man, if you're here at Crossroads, if you're here joining us in this moment, you are being called to be part of God's story. And a lot of times we relegate ourselves to the sidelines. We think there's no way that God could ever use us. We get overwhelmed by our insecurities and our fears. I'm begging you today, walk with confidence. Not in your own abilities, not in your own gift and your strength. Walk in confidence that God is with you. Live with your eyes open. Who has God placed in your life that you can impact for him? Where can you be a light that shines in the darkness that invites everyone you know, invites the outsider? to experience that changed life in Jesus. Because you guys, we are surrounded by people desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus. And we get to be a part of that story. Don't miss your opportunity, don't miss your chance. You are mighty heroes. Can we stand together and close in a word of prayer? I wanna pray a prayer of blessing over each of us today before we go that we would walk in confidence, not in our own abilities, but the fact that God is with us and that we would boldly step out of our comfort zones and allow God to use us in great and mighty ways. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me today as we close? God, you're good. And we are just so thankful today for who you are, for the incredible love that you have for us. God, you have called us your children, and that is what we are. And we are so incredibly grateful for that today. And we just pause to thank you and give you praise because you love us with a, an extravagant love that we just don't deserve. And God, you've called us. You've called us to be a part of your story. Wherever we are in life, in life the, the circles of influences that you have placed us in, God, we believe that you've called us to be a part of your story. And so God, I'm asking you that you open our eyes and that you help us to have the strength, the courage, and the confidence to step outside of our comfort zones and walk with confidence in, in who you are, believing that you are with us, that you will give us the wisdom and the strength that we need 
to point people toward you and be these lights that shine in the darkness. God, we're so incredibly grateful for the way you've moved in us and through us in our lives. We see you moving and working and we just celebrate, God, all that you've done. We look forward with great anticipation to how you're gonna use us as we step out in confidence and we look forward to celebrating lives that have been changed, God, because you have called us to be part of your story. God, we love you and we praise you. We pray this in your name. Together we say, amen.